Oh, you know, there's a age-old story. It has to involve, it does involve, I should say, a teenage couple, a boy and a girl. Just your typical love story. They're both theater geeks, right? And let's just say they have a good amount of history between them. One of the biggest proponents of their relationship is being honest. But, moving along, for her sweet 16th birthday, he got tickets to take her to the theater downtown. He took her to the Fox Theater. Pretty big deal. It's like the second biggest theater in America behind Broadway. Took her to the theater as her for 16th birthday. And they got there. And they're sitting up in the the upper deck type of seats. Whatever you want to call it, right? And she starts uh, bickering to him. That she wishes they would have got seats on the lower ground. They wish She wishes he would have got front row seats for her. He's like, um, yeah, I do too. Except they're kind of like $6,000. And these are a little bit cheaper. And I'm 16 years old, as well as you. I don't have money uh, rolling in like that. She's, she keeps going on and on and on. Kind of like a mother would be when uh, you don't put up the cans of soup when she brings home groceries. She told you to put it up three hours ago, but still sitting in the Walmart bag on the kitchen counter. But your excuse is you don't eat soup. Pushing along. She's going on and on and on. And she says. If you make this type of mistake again. There will be blood. And he says. What are you going to do? Assassinate my character? And she walks out. Because he made a pun a joke about Abraham Lincoln getting assassinated there will be blood and who plays both Daniel Plainview and Milkshakes and Abraham Lincoln Daniel Day-Lewis pretty witty for a 16 year old but I guess uh, she's looking for something different Welcome to episode 59 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And wow, that was one of the weirdest opens I ever had. Literally came up with that two minutes before I started recording. Your boy's uh, making things happen out here. And so are uh, mandates, vaccine mandates. They're happening. I don't really have an opinion for either or. It really doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. So I'm not worried about it. You know. Um, Do I think it's a touchy practice? Do I think that. I don't think it's one of those infringement on your rights type of thing. I just think it's kind of like. If we have to do all this. Just to do simple things. Then for me personally. It's not worth doing all of that. I'll just stay at home. I'll just keep life simple type of thing. You know. 
when simple things become a hassle, you know, not to be an asshole, but when simple things become a hassle, I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. I don't really care to add extra unnecessary just stuff, right? I wouldn't even say stress because pulling out a vaccine report, your vaccine report when you go to eat at Chipotle, you know, it doesn't bother me. It's like, it's just another thing I have to think about. And the more I have to think about, the more I don't like it. Just general, not even that. But yeah, I don't know. It's a man's world, and I'm just living in it. Uh, you know, have you ever uh, got in your palm red? It's like R. Kelly said. Um, some, some, nothing like palm in my hand. Sex. My sex is poetic. R. Kelly, you know, it's no one should be surprised about anything R. Kelly, to be honest. I mean, the dude was as... It's one of my uh, thing. I'm very descriptive and very, very descriptive when I talk. Very descriptive when I write stuff. And very descriptive when I write scripts. Descript scripts. And you know what? I have to admit. I think Drake is heavily influenced by R. Kelly. The way he specifically talks about very specific details with women. And R. Kelly just gets very unnecessarily specific. You don't make an hour and a half trapped in the closet where it's not. It's like think about trapped in the closet is that it's music. It doesn't always rhyme, but because if you just sing it and you make it theatrical, which by the way it's a great you know little film short song. I don't know how you call something a short song when it's an hour and a half, but you get what I'm saying. They. You know, it's not exactly, uh, the song's not exactly designed for, you know, the, the cadence and for the very, uh, it's not exactly having our way, pull up the Drake type of flow where it's a very, mm, the flow is what gets you. The main thing is just get the shit out, whatever you're trying to say. Who cares if it goes together? Who cares if it rhymes? And I think the very TMI description type of aspect of that is very, I think it's very influential. And yeah, I admit it. R. Kelly's music influenced how I write movie scripts. The very attention to detail. Sometimes unnecessary details. But but it may be unnecessary to the common listener, the common viewer. But to whoever made it, it's very necessary. It's almost like you got to have something for you in life. Some of what we worry about doing thing, doing too many things for other people, doing too many things just to be perceived in a uh, workplace or to be perceived in a societal way, to be perceived on the internet a certain way. Sometimes you just got to do shit that you enjoy doing and not care about the reception or the lack thereof, you know, as long as you're not hurting at one type of thing. I just mean more along the lines of be yourself. Wow. Talk about the most generic self-help guru advice book you could get for $16.99 at Barnes and Nobles in the back. It's like the cover, it will always be like a, uh, 
TD Jakes or it'll be like a Steve Harvey or it'll be a, you know, Tony Robbins. It'll be, it'll be fucking Ty Lopez and these internet ads being like, you just, the title will just be, you're the difference. And until you think different, you'll never be different. It'll be some bullshit line like that where they just repeat the same word but have it have a different meaning each time they say it. It's like, Drake, it's it's what makes it catchy, right? People get caught up in the catchiness of things, the catchiness of quotes, which that's how it gets you in the door. And it's that's really what Instagram captions are. They're just catchy they're catchy lines like drake makes those catchy type of um he makes those catchy quotes that i really believe at this point he literally writes quotes and lines literally with instagram in mind well i didn't mean to make that rhyme but here we are it's definitely something i do think is more of a concerted effort than people probably want to believe because he knows the type of you know, his audience and the type of people that listen to his music for the most part are probably kind of shallow individuals looking to hear some toxic shit. And typically toxic people, end quote, typically people who are looking for that and looking for reaffirmation for why they do the toxic shit they do. They need those Drake type of quotes, you know? I just think... uh like if you were if you were going to if you were going to run a story on me all I ask for is that you talk about how ginormous my elbows are because one thing I've always wanted to do I just wanted to get into an octagon and just elbow someone in the fucking face cuz I know I feel like getting kneed or elbowed in the face has got to be like the worst pain in the world, especially those power knees where, you know, like, uh, you know, like the first year in weight training, they're like, God, they make you do those knee raises on the pull up bar for like the whole year. Like that's your warm up every time you do a workout is knee raises, you know, I felt like I built a good core, built a good knee power value with that I just want to fucking knee someone in the face sometimes because I just feel like sometimes people need to be kneed in the face or elbowed in the face give them that sweet chin music Shawn Michaels style except uh this is not for entertainment some people just need to be kneed or kicked in the face and I just, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, oh man, you know, I think, uh, we, we need to re, just a general note, I feel like sometimes we need to reset, right, here's a little insight, I have been, I have not worked in over a month, right? When I quit my job, and I, by quit, I wouldn't even say quit. I just kind of stopped going. So, I guess, by definition, I, I sound like I'm one of those people. Trying, I didn't quit. I just 
kind of, I just left and I just, I just stopped because I need to focus on myself. It was like, nah, I just kind of like, I felt like it was time. And I kind of just left in the middle of a shift unannounced, had people worry for me and then never responded. Just, you know, keep the suspense, keep them wanting more. So when I do text them back or call them back and say, hey, thing about coming back, it's like, it's like I left them hanging. So it's like, oh God, we're so attracted to you, Clint. Please come back to work. Oh, we need you. Oh, I'm going to come for you. It's like, hmm, probably not. They're probably be like, dude, you kind of fucked us over. And I'll be like, agree. But let me fuck you over again. Hire me back. But no, seriously, like, I felt like if I left my job, I would have more of a motivation to re to refocus, kind of get back to basics, retract myself, not get caught up in money. Well, not even money, but you know, caught up in the work lifestyle, balancing a bunch of stuff. And honestly, I feel like I've become more lazier. I have become less productive. I've not done any more podcasts than I did before. I would argue even less because I feel like if you're if you're like working during the day, it's kind of like you're looking forward to when you get off of work to do something for yourself. But now it's like I almost feel like I'm self-indulgent. It's almost if you have... It's, it's like that saying, it's, you give someone too much time, you're asking for problems. That's why people got to keep themselves busy. So even if you, like, let's say you feel like your job is a complete waste of time. um, It's like, okay, but what if someone gave you your whole day to yourself on a consistent basis? Are you going to take advantage of that? Some people may. Some people won't. And I think most people are somewhere in the middle where... It's like, I do, but, you know, I, I don't sometimes. And that's a normal feeling. It's like, it's like you can only do so much shit in a 16-hour day without, like, spending money, right? It's like, you can only, like, you can't work out five hours a day realistically. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you can't just sit there on your laptop just typing up a script for 10 hours a day and expect 10 hours of good work to happen. That's not really how that works. You know, I feel maybe it's one of those things where we've trained me specifically, like, and I think a lot of people can relate. We trained ourselves to be busy so much that we actually don't know how to be productive with free time. And by that, I mean, it's not that we don't do stuff because... When I was working and in my free time, I literally, my whole free time was dedicated to, you know, my side thing, like what I, you know, my passion and shit. And literally my whole day would be occupied by that. And I was tired as hell and all that shit, but I felt like I was putting in good work. And I was like, you know what, let me focus 100% on that. And I did, and I have... And it's like something's missing. It's like I don't have that part of the motivation to do that was the fact that I felt this rush of splitting my time between doing something that wasn't worthy of my time and then doubling down on something that was worth my time. So now that I've dedicated my whole day to quote unquote doing something worth my time, it's almost like I got 
too much of my time. And when you have too much time to yourself, you create a lot of, you have a lot of time to yourself, which is a serious problem. The more you think of yourself when you're just by yourself doing whatever, you realize like, man, I'm a really flawed individual. But when you're always busy, you always think you're doing all the right things. You think you're always, oh, I'm productive. I'm this and that. I'm always doing something. So you think higher of yourself. You don't have, like, you don't really have the time to sit there and just think about all your shitty eating habits. You don't really have the time to sit there and think about, oh, how, you know, how come I haven't made time for my family? Or you, you're not really sitting there thinking about all the things that you could be actually improving yourself on because you're just busy, in quotes. And I guess why, and this isn't a bad thing, I would say, I think I've just learned a lot about myself. I'm going to start going back to work in about a week from now. Because honestly, man, like having so much free time, I don't feel like I'm actually as productive because I have too much free time. I know how dumb that sounds. Are you dumb? Yes, Remy Ma, I am. And I realize like I'm someone that I, maybe I'm one of those people that I need to be working multiple job, multiple things at a time. I need to have my day occupied so I'm not eating like shit. So I'm not um, consuming things I normally wouldn't, like drinking. Our sponsor today, Ghost Energy Drinks, Sour Warhead, Watermelon. And when you're by yours, when you don't have to worry about work, when you don't have to worry about anything but just you, you realize how much you don't have more than what you do have. Because the more like I'm in my room for hours and hours a day, all I think about is, hmm, I don't have a high quality computer. Hmm. I have a very old bed. Hmm. I have a TV that um, doesn't even work. It does turn on, but uh, can't even hook my laptop to it anymore to watch stuff on the big screen. And I don't even have a mount. It's on. It's literally sitting on the floor. Oh, man. I I really don't have high-quality deodorant. Oh, man. Like, I really don't... uh, I really don't cook enough. And I have, this is one of the things I've been cooking a lot recently for myself. I've stopped eating out for the most part. And I was like, man, like, and then all you do is think about all the shit you haven't been doing. And I think I need to get to that place where I need to forgive myself for stuff that I haven't been doing or stuff that I have done, per se. Because that's the hardest part is when you face those roadblocks, when like getting back into the gym has been the most humbling thing ever. I'm struggling to do body push-ups. My body's just completely not the same. My strength is completely deteriorated for a multitude of reasons that I'm not going to get into. But it's, you know, it's getting better and pushing forward. And I'm not doing this podcast all by myself, but I think it's like a bigger message type of thing. It's been a humbling experience for the simple fact 
that every time I'm struggling, like mightily doing simple things, I used to be pretty high quality, like pretty, pretty high level at. And all I think about is all the process in the past year and a half that has happened for me to let myself get to this point of a bad physical state. And man, like that's a hard, like that's been the biggest hurdle is accepting like what what is what is. Whatever you did or didn't do to let your body get to the point, it's in the past, right? You need to literally, like, restart. It's like starting over. Forget what you used to be. Forget forget what your body, forget what how strong mentally you used to be. You're starting from scratch. You need to have the same mindset you had in eighth grade when you first started lifting weights or when you first started getting in shape. You need to have that same mindset of, I need to put... 10 times work than just maintaining something. I'm like, I really need to dedicate. And the point of that is, is this whole researching, re like, uh, branding of myself as an individual to myself, it's really been like, holy shit. You've been a lazy fucking piece of shit. Even though I've been quote unquote busy 15 hours a day for the past three or four years, right? Combination between work, like actual job working, combination between school at certain points in that period of time, and working on stuff that I enjoy and working on hobbies and working on things that could have a potential uh, future and income in the future, right? It's a... I've been keeping myself busy... But how come there's not, it's like that direct, it's like a lot of things have suffered because of it. And kind of like a Drake and Travis Scott, sounds like a fair trade to me, right? Well, you know, trade-offs, maybe. Um, but in this case, I felt like the trade-off, I may have made some miscalculations for I was trading off. I literally chose work. I literally chose keeping myself occupied more than keeping myself occupied with the right things. Keeping myself busy with the right things. Keeping my eye on the bigger picture, which is Charity's ass. I'm kidding. I don't know who Charity is, but goddamn, she's a giver. Um... I would donate some dick in that booty hole. Oh, God, Clint, what's wrong with you? You ruined a beautiful story. But um, what's not beautiful is when you're uh, shaking like a girl having her first orgasm when you're doing push-ups and your shoulders are crumbling like cookies. Oh, but the cookie tastes so good. And now you're paying the price, even though I don't really eat cookies. But man... Yeah, I would say it's been just a redis. Ah, God, I'm starting to sound like those fucking assholes I would shit on. I'm just rediscovering finding my purpose and finding what makes me happy 
even though I completely fucked over my husband. Um, but yeah, it's like, no, like it's more along the lines of recentering what my true priorities are, what my true, uh, what matters to me, I guess. Cause there's a lot of things I've realized stuff that I felt mattered to me that I realized don't, uh, I realize that, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? I would say I realized that being a person seeking um, inopportune pleasure, it is as I say, the right the right phrasing, seeking pleasure that I don't think I really need. And by the way, I'm not talking about woman pleasure, even though I'm pretty sure that is part of the equation that I'm probably not even thinking about. Again, who knows? Seeking some type of, I think, I, here's what I think. I think I, one thing I realized about myself is I have lost or I've completely lost track of the ability of being okay with discomfort physically. Like I used to thrive off discomfort. Discomfort used to make me feel great. I used to love the feeling of my body being completely fucked up from a crazy three-hour work workout type of shit. And now, all I do is think of all the reasons to avoid a 45-minute workout, right? That's kind of like what I'm working past now. It's like the retraining. It's like you're in rehab for, you know, tearing your ACL, like, in football, having a gruesome leg injury and you're literally just training yourself how to walk again and you know one step at a time one day at a time not rushing it too fast type of thing and it's just the idea of physical discomfort when I already feel a discomfort with myself in terms of how I feel about my body in a lot of ways it's been a complete, like, it's been a complete slow shift in the right direction the past couple weeks, but it's still, the one thing that sticks in the back of my head is, what if this doesn't matter to me as much as it feels it does in the moment? What if I don't care to get jacked again? What if I don't care to be in great shape again but I do it every day or I have a consistent thing for nine months I do let's just say a program for nine months and I hate every minute of it because I don't want to do it I think there's a fine difference between not wanting to do something but something you need to do and not wanting to do something and you do it because again it's like you feel it's something you should be doing but you don't even know if it's going to, the payoff, it's going to be worth it. It's like, I realize I need to get better health, better shape and stuff like that. But what, like, what do I care to achieve with that? That's the thing I'm like, I don't know. And I'm worried that I don't have that desire to be, have tries the size of, you know, Nebraska. Or have a back scapula. You know, so so linear. Like, well, what if I don't care to get like 
to be squatting 400 pounds again. Like, what if I'm forcing myself to not accept a newer version of me and I'm trying to capture an older version of me type of shit? And I'm only saying this because I think a lot of people struggle. They're trying to capture... They, they try to look back at the times where they were most happiest and the most confident in the quote-unquote best versions of themselves, at least to them. And they were rewarded by other people based off that period of time. So if you're like very attractive, in good shape, you're going to be more confident, which is going to make you more confident to speak to the opposite sex. And hopefully on uh, odd days, you get to have sex because who has sex on even days? That's why my birthday's on the 19th. Like Jeremiah would say, birthday sex. You know, and, but seriously, it's, it's, am I chasing that same type of shred, I wouldn't even say I was ever shredded, but that same type of vascularity, the same type of pure, like, lumberjack muscle. Because I'm trying to recapture an older version of myself that was rewarded with that. Or should I be just way more realistic and accept my newer body for what it is and then work towards just improving that type of thing? You know, I don't know. I say this because I think I, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I know that because I talk to a lot of people like older than me and all of them say similar things they're like man like I've been the more you like they'll be like 38 right someone someone like I'll talk to someone I work with and though they've been trying to get back in shape for like three or four years and they've had other complications in their health but it's like bro like the hardest the thing that makes them more depressed about it is that they feel they have become too mentally incapable to power through adversity like they were in their young to mid-20s. And they're like 38 now. And their thing is like, is this just something that happens with age where you just don't have it anymore? Or what happened along the way where discomfort fucked me up? Where I avoided discomfort at all costs. When in reality, discomfort makes you comfortable in uncomfortable situations. It's like a, it's like training. Like they train you. And like when you do like Marines, Air Force, anything like they put you in high pressure situations. Like like they do high pressure simulations, re- the react situations. So when the situation does happen, it doesn't overwhelm you. And you feel like you're in your zone. You feel like you're in your space. You know how to react to situations. Then just dropping someone off in the middle of Peru. And then, you know, the uh, cartels take you out. Like, I just, uh. To anyone out there, you know, message me directly. If you struggled with with 
trying to recapture an older self or are you actually trying to recreate a completely different version of you but you don't know if what you're I, I think I think my struggle with it and I think I see it in other people the reason why they have a hard time sticking to things that are highly difficult and that may take time for the change that happen like like getting in shape, losing health and diet and shit like that. Is that they don't even know if that's genuinely they don't even know if they're doing it because they genuinely want to. And it's almost like you're doing a job or you're putting a chore on yourself that you don't even know if you want to do. And at the end of the day, if you're someone like me who lives off genuineness, you can't sit here and get mad when other people aren't genuine, when you're not even genuine with yourself type of shit. Like my, my belief is never expect anything out of anyone else. That you wouldn't expect out of yourself. I think it's a pretty simple life motto that is universal for all facets of life. Don't sit here and demand that your wife be Gordon Ramsay. When, like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. Hopefully she doesn't yell at you like Gordon Ramsay. Because boy, ooh, that would be a lot of abuse. If a woman yelled at their men like Gordon Ramsay does. <laughs> whoo. Talk about domestic abuse. Be through the roof. Um, Jesus. Yeah, don't say or expect that. But then you can't even, like, take care of the household in any facet. You can't fix shit around the house. You can't mow the lawn. You can't, you know, uh, you know, go get the car to get fixed. You know, whatever the fuck, like... There's a trade-off. There's a reciprocation. At the end of the day, there's duties you have. And I think there's a fine line between doing just doing shit and doing shit with a purpose that is genuine to what you want. I think just doing it, sometimes you just got to do it to start even if you don't want to. You got to get your body back into it, whatever it is you're trying to do. You just got to train your body to get in the mode of that again. And then maybe when you start seeing progress, it'll give you more like, I actually want to keep doing this. And then you'll get that addiction bug. Where you're just kind of, in a probably unhealthy way, just obsessed with your weight. You're obsessed with how your body's shaping. You're obsessed with your calorie intake. Then you get obsessed with it so much that you probably will start seeing more improvements, but your whole life is being consumed by that the whole moral of all this I guess for today is I need to get back to fucking work I need to get this money cause even when you have a little bit of a savings you know when the bigger payments come out every month when your car payments uh, your insurance and your rent come out you're always like hmm typically I replenish this so I don't even think about it but when you actually like hmm $700 is coming out today hmm 300 is coming out today hmm 200 is coming out today and you have all these small you start paying attention to your money when you're not just having money rolling in
You're like, God damn. I understand how people, like, get evicted. I understand how people go broke quick. Because, God damn, like, we... When you just have an income coming in, you don't think about, like, the four $20 charges you have coming out a month. You don't think about the gym membership. You don't think about that shit. It's just like, ah. I think the main thing I realized, like, God damn, like... My job were to not take me back, I would actually have to look for a job. And man, I don't even want to go through an application process. That shit's fucking annoying as fuck. Um, but hey, not complaining. You know, there's a lot of people in much worse positions. And I brought technically unemployment to myself. But, you know, I'm just saying. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a nice way. Saying I'm a broke ass boy, and I have thought about actually, uh, actually, you know, I'm going to tonight. You know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start up. I'm gonna create a Tinder account, and I'm gonna put in my bio exactly what every girl wants to hear. I'm unemployed. I've gained weight. Doesn't look like it's coming off anytime soon. Um, and you know. I don't really care to take you out. I don't really care to go on a date. Did I mention I'm unemployed? I'm pretty sure girls are just going to be swiping right like fucking crazy on that motherfucking press. Oh my god. You said unemployed? Get over here, boy. I've never put my employment in my bio before. I think that's always kind of weird. Um, if you're just like trying to, you know, lick the cooter. And say it's cougar hunting season. And, uh, you know, she's just licking my gooch. Why she need to know if I'm a financial advisor? I would advise you not to lick the gooch because that may be a financial impediment if you have to go to the hospital and you don't have medical insurance. Just a side note. You don't know what people have or don't have in there. You know? I just, uh... Yeah, I'm going to put unemployed. I'm going to put not really as witty as I once was. I'm going to put I do something that a million plus people do in the world, and that's have a podcast. And um, I'm definitely manipulating you. I'm definitely going to just use you. And I'm just going to put all the most unacquirable I'm even going to put a recent pick. I could put one of my old good picks. But no. I'm going to put one of my recent picks. I may even purposely have my belly stick out. I may even wear a white t-shirt and just rub my belly and not even try to hide it. You could think I'm doing like a little Nas X thing and be like, ooh, he's sassy. It's like, hmm, is he? Uh, But, yeah, I'm pretty sure the ladies will just be flooding in my DMs. Like, come here, sexy white Chocolate, that's always a weird term to me when someone calls white chocolate, um, or like, mmm, dark meat. It's like, it's a very specific thing. Um, I actually, this is no joke, uh, I wouldn't say we were like dating yet, but some girl I was DM, this was like four or five years ago. This was the early stages. What made me who I am today, resentful, and... Is uh, me here we were talking or whatever, 
we were just talking. I think we I think we hung out like a couple times, but nothing serious happened. I think like I touched her thigh consensually. And, you know, she smiled when I did it. So obviously she was in a very happy place. Or she could have been lying about how happy she was and maybe felt very uncomfortable. Now I think about it, I'm part of the problem. Ironically, me too. Um, but I remember we were, we, it was like, you know, we would exchange some text during the day, like nothing crazy, just like typical, like early puppy love stages. Like, oh my God, I was thinking of you. God damn, Clint, you were simping. I hate that term, but probably was at the time. Like, hey. I was thinking of you today. She's like, what were you thinking of? I said, you. She's like, ha ha, I know, but what about me? I said, what's inside of you? She's like, oh, you know what? I was like, that's so polite. That's so cute. What do you think this is? What do you think's inside of me? And I said, hopefully embryos so we can fertilize. Because uh, I'm ready to landscape your vulva. And she's like, what? And I said, and she's like, mm, someone's a dirty fucking little white boy, isn't he? I'm like, first of all, I'm bigger than you. Like, by all facets. You were just like, you were just this like 160 pound little fucking double bubble little pink girl like and i hate that turn like i'm like i'm in like i can handle a little dirty talk but when someone says a little fucking mm, little sexy fucking white i'm like what what this is fucking weird like it's so like to me it gets really weird when people use the color of your skin when they're dirty talking to you that's just me personally. Like, I never want someone to be like, mm, I want your white meat inside of me. It's like, oh, so you just wanted my meat because it's white. That typically is not how that works. Typically it's the other way around. But, whatever. Alright, that is episode 59 of the Off and Beat podcast. Today was a very open-minded episode and yeah uh like and subscribe and uh don't forget to lick your girlfriend's cooch and let her lick your gooch and the next thing you know you're in the kissing booth and you have passed more than smooch chiz all right guys don't forget to suck some titties and uh have a great day whenever this is posted oh Sack of shit.